At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. This episode of Ben the Knee is brought to you by our bannermen, Lord Jason of House Ross, Sir Jimmy of House Nuts, Master of the Web, Lady Dawn of House Wright, Sir Chris of House Farber, Lady Tracy of House Fa, Sir Peter of House Whittingham, Sandy the Dragon, Blood of Queen Daenerys, and Lady of Jameson, Lord John of House Fry, Lady Juliana of House Stradley, Sir David of House Fraser, Lady Liz of House Hendricks, Sir Matthew of House Perry, Lady Madeline of House Fritzel, Lady Adrian of House Dillard, Lady Ashley of House Gardner, Lady Lismalin of House Morales. This episode of Ben the Knee is protected by Sir Ryan of House Turbush, Lady Sarah the Unraveler. Our current champion is Lady Kira of House Arnold. Our current Master of Coin is Lord Jason of House Ross. Squire to Sir Matt, Lady Betsy of House Hudson. Hello and welcome to Bend the Knee, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast. I am Sir Matt, the Bud Knight. And I am Sir Ezra, the ever-watchful. Welcome to our Song of Ice and Fire book club. Today we are into Theon 5 of A Clash of Kings. And in our Raven, we will be talking about Alicent Hightower during the Dance of Dragons. Yes, as, um, you know, things are a little slower. Seems like with the House of the Dragon news. Yeah. Which is okay. But uh, um, I did just post a video, uh, so you guys can go check that out. I did. It's, it's I called it the Seven Kingdoms during the House of the Dragon or the Dance of the Dragons. Just kind of, I kind of go over um, all of the, just kind of like what's going on with all of the big houses from a Game of Thrones, right? Because um, there's obviously a lot, a lot of different players in House of the Dragon, like House Valerion and High Towers, obviously. Um, so I kind of talked about like what's going on with the Starks and the Tullys and all this stuff during sort of the Dance of the Dragons. There is obviously some spoilers there, um, but some of the houses are pretty quiet, like House Stark. I mean, they're crazy at the end with, like, the Hour of the Wolf and all that stuff, but I don't know that we're going to see House Stark that much in the show. Right. Yeah, no, we probably aren't, and I think um, that's something to, to, to consider. Think about your normal, like, the houses that we see in the main series. We're going to see different houses. We're going to see different influences around the Targaryen. Well, number one, House Targaryen is, like, the main difference. I mean... We right. get a, a heck of a lot more of that house and its history and its culture uh, and all of its interactions with the Seven Kingdoms. So that's amazing. Also, let me just let's not underplug this video. Go check this video out. Not only is it amazing. Sir Matt did a wonderful job on it. Number two, it is freaking go find House Tully. And it is the funniest. It's... I've when the images when the images come, came across, I was I was watching it. I was just like. It's so good. Uh, I was laughing so hard. It's a hidden gem. Hidden gem. Yeah. yeah, It's a very serious video until you get to House Talia. I don't really want to spoil it, but let's just say I don't even know how to to talk to it, man. Maybe maybe House Talia should change their their banner Uh from, you know, they got big rivers there. They got big fishes there. I think maybe they should switch to big birds. That's all I'll say. Big birds. <laughs> That's all I'll say. Oh my gosh! Wow. I mean, yeah, we that talked. Was... We talked. We talked about this with gray area a little bit, but yeah. I mean, you've got. Should we? I mean, uh, I think people need to go I find want, it. I, it's a hidden. I, I think, think people you... need to go find. It. I think people yeah. need to go. People need. People need to find. It. Yeah, just big birds. That's the clue. Yeah, we'll leave it. We'll we'll we'll, we'll leave it with that, but. Yeah, it's epic. Epic stuff. Um, yeah, and well, it was cool. More. It was cool to explore. The Tullys are a little more involved yeah. this time around, which is kind of cool. The Aarons, 
Um, so yeah, so you're going to see, you're definitely going to see some of the houses. Dorne, again, is pretty much non-existent. They're, I actually think Dorne is actually more prevalent in our series. The show just didn't really touch on it. The uh, Tyrells, they just kind of sit out. It's kind of like, yeah, peace. Yeah. And then their bannermen are split, and they fight on each side, which is kind of cool. Right. Wow. That's cool. So that's an overview. It's a rundown, like of all the houses and sort of their involvement, and just all, the, yeah, all the all the big houses. I do take a couple of shots at the Greyjoys, like I normally do. Good. Um, you know, Good. some of them are pretty similar too. Like, uh, yeah, the Dalton Greyjoy. Uh, he tries to basically rebel. You know, but again, they're it's a joke. tiny little house on tiny little islands with no way of executing any sort of actual. Yeah, like they can conquer. Which is what happens today in our Theon chapter. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, which is what happens today in our in our in our in our in our Theon chapter. I mean, you know, sometimes we've talked about who we think the biggest idiot is, and who is the biggest idiot in A Song of Ice and Fire? Probably Balon Greyjoy. Yeah, stupid. It's stupid. I mean, I just don't. It's cool. It's cool because it's there. It's an extra layer. It's this extra kind of house and faction that goes in and they kind of mess with things, but they're never really. A huge threat, but they're enough that they dis- they disrupt other people's right. plans, and so that's where they, I think, have right. their edge. So I mean, Euron and Victorian might be as we get later in the series, but of course they've got like magical weapons, and they've decided to try to build their army, not just hey, let's just go. Well, weaving to see what we can get. I mean, exactly, and that's they have he- like a plan. Balon's like, I'm just, I just pay the iron price. Well. Pay the iron okay. price. What a joke. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> <laughs> What's that gotcha? God, what is that worth? Yeah. I mean, so here's the thing. So I, I know there's somebody out there who's a huge Greyjoy fanboy, and they hate us. They you hate us. Are, you guys are just ridiculous. This is so disrespectful to House Greyjoy. <laughs> so, okay, the Targaryens, right? They show up, and Matt, they've got magical... You know, they got Valyrian steel. They've got dragons. I mean, they're smaller, but they actually can do something. I don't. House Greyjoy thinks they've got krakens. They can summon things from the sea. You know, if and they, it's just like. If, <laughs> if they get krakens, then yeah, maybe maybe we'll talk. But until until then, I mean, I mean, you're I mean, again, Euron and Victorian, total different ballgame than Balon Greyjoy. But in the majority of our series, we're dealing with Balon Greyjoy and Theon, who, you know, obviously goes undergoes crazy, ridiculous stuff. And a lot of it starts today in today's chapter. But I mean, he just he Balon Greyjoy to me. He's just an, he's just a moron. Yeah. Yeah. He kind of. Yeah, he is. I was actually I've been reading ahead of um, all of the, of all of the kings. Yeah. Of all of the kings who are like, hey, I, I have a claim to the throne or, you know, whatever. His is like not his is like non-existent. It's like, haven't you tried this before? Hasn't he tried this before? And it's it's like didn't didn't yes. work. And so I don't know. It's it's actually like Euron is doing, I think, that 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 group of people a favor. People are gonna hate me for that. I understand he's a dark, evil dude. But and also, uh Dampere doesn't really do I mean, he's 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 involved in all this scheming, and later on, when Balon is killed. Uh, it's, he, he mentioned something about the drowned God and his wrath and all this kind of stuff, you know, and it's just like, I don't know. It's, it's bizarre. They, I hope, I hope they become a big, a big player and something happens with Euron and he does end up being something really cool with all the things that he has. But like George seems to like push magic forward and make it this big deal. And then, ah, let's, let's tamp it down a little bit. It can't be over the top. It needs to be realistic and minimal. So, we'll see. Okay. Um, okay, so, there's not, again, as we said, not really any show news, as but we have uh, a little bit of news, so we can kind of talk about that. Um, I think we've scheduled our next Zoom hangout for you, Bannermen. Um, I think we are looking at next Thursday, which will be June 17th. Yeah. Yeah. Just kind of a happy hour. Like it's Thursday going into Friday, finish off that last week, you know, day of work. Uh, so get home from work if you can. What we we typically start that. I mean, I can get on earlier if there's people who want to get on earlier, because I think Thursday I've got nothing. Sorry to disrupt, you know, <laughs> to piss anybody out, as will be just making content for you wonderful people. OK, that's what I'm going to be trying to do. So uh, I'll be around. I can start that up mm-hmm. a little early if you want to get in there and hang out with me. And then uh, I think you'll be home around 
6.37 Eastern Standard Time, right? Does that seem... Yep, something like that. Yeah, so yeah, so probably it's about 4.30 my time, about 7.30 Pacific Standard Time. I'll be... I'll be home and we'll just and we'll just hop on and hang out for yeah. two hours or so and just yeah. be real chill. Yep. Be, yeah, it'd be cool. That'd be just a good time to catch up because actually I have a uh, big vacation coming up. We're going to try to pre-record a few things, but there's going to be some time where I have a two-week kind of going out of the country for a little bit, uh, which is which is wild. So, yeah, that, that'll be – we'll have to fi- figure that out. But then when we come back, we'll do another one in, in, in July, and I'll have a few surprises for you guys. So – Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, okay, one other little bit, bit of show news. So we're recording this on Sunday. Um, there, and we've talked. We talked about this, I think, on on Heroes of the Horn podcast. Um, but and I, we may have mentioned it last time. I can't. I can't entirely remember. But um, there are going to be some changes upcoming to Apple Podcasts, which is where the majority of our listeners listen. Um, I, the, it was supposed to be end of May. They pushed it back. My guess is that Apple's having a big press conference this week, uh, and they're going to lay out all of the details of the Apple podcast, um, sort of subscription thing that's, that's coming up. And what it sounds like is we will be able to actually sort of package premium content, um, under like a channel. So... The way it sounds is we you would actually be able to if you did if you're somebody who's like I don't want to go to Patreon because you you know I think a lot of people want would listen to that if you didn't have to go to Patreon click on the individual thing um, yeah. and support the channel and you could do that with this Apple Premium podcast thing again we'll know more tomorrow so the day this posts I think um, yep but it sounds like actually we can bundle uh, like all of our stuff together. And you can get it for whatever price it is that they set, or maybe we set it. I don't. It's not entirely clear yet. Yeah. Um. So actually, you would be able. To, you would get all of just the episodes, the Patreon episodes. We can then throw onto Apple, and you would be able to get that. So that would be like that would include also our other shows too. For some of you guys who are like following us on, you know, all yeah. three or five of you know however many projects it is we do. So uh, just keep an eye out for that, and I think probably the next time we record, we'll be able to unveil a little bit more about it, but something like that is coming so that uh, i think would be really cool for a lot of people to just hey and then it's right there right in your itunes feed where right. like, i know for a fact i look at the stats 75 percent of people listen anyway yeah absolutely yeah i'm excited for that because i think it would be kind of neat uh again all the other rewards on patreon like zoom hangouts and and things of that nature and some of our higher level stuff that will still just be there for for those folks but yeah it's a kind of a cool like you said in the app feature that i think is way more convenient and i know if it were me as a user that's a lot easier right just click on that and say give me the whole rss feed and let me let me see you know get, get the extra content so that's cool yeah, so pretty cool. So yeah, just so just keep an eye out uh, for that. So um, any other thing as before we start the reread here? No. Uh, so I actually, you guys heard the Raven I did last. Uh, I think this was last time. So we had great. Uh, we had we had Gray Area on, which was wonderful. Absolutely enjoyed uh, having her on, and we might uh, even be on on her mm-hmm. podcast or even on her. Uh, live stream at some point so if you haven't had a chance to go over and subscribe to gray area i would do that because we are looking forward to a potential you know something else with her in the future it was so nice to have her on just to talk about her theories and thoughts just we just bounced all over the series which was which was really cool that's kind of what you and i do and so you're really just you know shooting the night breeze getting after it but um the other thing with the kettle black video i'm going to do a follow-up with matt as i was making a more well-polished video my friend I came across more evidence, more evidence. I want to drop one line on folks. So if you remember a couple weeks back, I don't know if it was last week or the week before, I, I talked to you about the Smiling Knight and House Kettle Black and Sir Osmond Kettle Black. And Sir Matt, I think I told you this, but I want to tell everyone on the podcast. The phrase, the, 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 I'm sorry, the, the, the phrase, um, let me see if I can get it right without looking. It's the, the porridge of the morning. The sword of the morning, right? Your porridge of the morning. I am telling you right now, you don't. Why? Just so you think about George. Like you and I had this epic conversation about this, and I'm to, I'm totally diving down a rabbit hole to start this podcast because I'm so pumped <laughs> about it. I'm down. But like 
you're talking about Sir Arthur Dane. And if you remember, just in recap, um, and please do go check out our YouTube videos. We're trying to do more well-polished. I got the quotes. I did everything that I could in that just to make it uh, well-explained, well-animated. And, and Sir Matt's is also the same way, super uh, just beefed up. So please go check those out. But in short, it's about, because I know a lot of people won't go to YouTube. So I'm going to tell some folks here just briefly about the Kettle Black Theory. It's, it's that he will probably fight Sir, Sir Osmond Kettleblack with his left hand. He will, probably, he will probably slay the Smiling Knight in single combat in Winds of Winter or the last book. I think Jamie's going to do that. And the reason why is just all the parallels to the Smiling Knight. So you can go check out all the references if you don't believe me. It's on the YouTube video. There's tons. And when he likens him, he... Okay, Matt. So all the time, Jamie says that he wants to be the sword of the morning. He wanted to be like Sir Arthur Dane, and he's mocked as the porridge of the morning. The common yeah. porridge of the morning, because he's a cripple at the time, has lost his hand. He's mocked by the same individual who is smiling. It's as if the smiling knight is mocking him to this day, because he's turned into the smiling knight, but once he loses his right hand, Jamie's no longer smiling as much. He's not you know, showing off the pearly whites anymore. He, his life has changed and he's transitioning from the, himself thinking he's the smiling knight uh, or, or not realizing that he's become the smiling knight to actually facing a knight who is smiling at him all the time and who's always described as smiling and who mocks him as the porridge of the morning. I just couldn't believe that. I was like, that George, I, don't, I've, I haven't seen anybody else. I have not seen anybody else. Like Matt knows this. I haven't seen anybody else come up with that or, 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 or point that out. And it seems like it's such a small detail, but. Do you think he does this just to throw us off? Or do you think he, or just to draw a pair? I mean, he might. It's so hard with George because on some, sometimes we think, all right, he is just, you know, like, because he is, he himself has said, like, people are like, why doesn't Bran show up in, what is it, like the, the second John chapter or whatever, or third John chapter of Game of Thrones when they're at the feast, right, in Winterfell and everyone's walking in? And right. we don't see Bran, right? Bran doesn't walk in. Yeah. Um, and this is before Bran gets pushed out the window, obviously, when Bran can still walk. Um, yeah. But we don't see Bran walk in, and George is like, well, I th he's like, I think I forgot him. Yeah, I think he has yeah, literally right. every other character walk in. Yeah. And it's so, so you're like, okay, well, I mean, you know, he himself has said, I've made mistakes. But yeah. then sometimes, you know, sometimes sometimes the, the other stuff is just too complex to be like, well, that just doesn't make any sense. No, that's a really good point. So if, if anybody thinks this is crackpot, I decided to look at the word smile and smiling around Sir Osmond Kettleblack, and it is always, he is always described as smiling. Um, and actually, if other people don't, if, if he, he said that he would be fierce if not for his smile, and like his brothers are compared um, as, as smiling in, in a sense, or like, but his is more, pro, you know, like pronounced. And so you have that. You also have him calling him an old brother in arms. It's the proximity to him, him robbing Jamie of Lord Commander, essentially. Like Sir Arthur Dane becomes like, has that kind of, um, well, actually, he doesn't. Sorry. But like, he's at one point, Jamie is Lord Commander. And then when he has to go away, Cersei's promoting Sir Osmond Kettleblack. Like, he's robbing him of positions of, of Cersei. Um, and it just, there seems to be too much mockery in his face that I just kind of think, um, and as Tyrion said, she's probably, she's probably fucking Osmond Kettleblack. Probably is. Pro probably, and, 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 and Moonboy. So, and Moonboy, I was about to say Mushroom because I've been in that realm, but no, uh, <laughs> Moonboy. Right, right. Yeah, so so to me. Unless Moonboy is Mushroom. Oh, good you. What? <laughs> Boy, he's still, <laughs> he's figured out how to defy the, yeah aging who knows um, who knows with him honestly yeah he could be melisandre did so why not but uh yeah, yeah i just think it's, it, there's so much compelling evidence that he's some type of not really a foil but he's a, some type of opposite uh or an, an antagonist to jamie in a subtle way like when he reflects literally man when he reflects on the smiling night when he's looking at the white book next thing you know the only per the first person to interrupt his thoughts about the reflection, his duel 
with the Smiling Knight, and Sir Arthur Dane's duel with the Smiling Knight is the same man who called him the porridge of the morning, who walks in with a smile and calls him an old, you know, if, oh, if you would have looked like this, I would have known who you were. And it's also this play on kind of Jamie transforming uh, physically and, and things like that, uh, mm-hmm. in, in, and internally as well. So I was just like this. So to me, what it told me, if you're wondering, so what, what's the deal, right? What's it matter that he's grinning and he's smiling? And also, why mention it this many times? Go look up any of the clip art or any of the fan art on Osmond Kettleblack. He's actually not a lot of people interpret him as smiling. But if you, that's a detail that has been kind of missed. The Kettleblacks are always, do, you know, they always have that. Bright I do want to hear. I I do want to hear the story of how he got this smile. Mm. You know. Yeah. How did? Yeah. His brother has scars, so I mean, there's 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 another connection. <laughs> what? <laughs> so anyway. It's like, so what's it matter? What it, what it tells me is that if you're looking for predictions and you're making winds of winter predictions on Jamie, I mean, obviously we believe he gets past uh, Stoneheart in some way and he'll continue on. I think Cersei's path will take her. I think she will be closely associated with the Kettleblack still, has been from the get-go. Um, and it tells us that Osmond Kettleblack is closely tied to Cersei. Uh, Jamie thinks it. Without Cer- like, why did Cersei put a, a cloak on this man? Without Cersei, he's nothing. And he knows that, but they're also backed by Littlefinger too. So I really think he, Osmond has tied himself to Cersei and her path. And Jamie, as we saw in the show and even in the books, will divert from Cersei and come back eventually. And I think when he goes back to meet Cersei, he will see a smiling knight standing in his path. And I think he'll level up yeah. and take him out with his left hand. So, anyways. Yeah. yeah. No, God, it I'm, just got I'm me there. fired I up to th- find something I like do- that. I do, I do think we're going to see Jamie because who's Jamie fights Euron Greyjoy, right? Like that's his like big fight, yeah. Sort of, right? At right. the end of season, well, it's a joke, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, I do, I do think he's training for a purpose and a, and a reason. I and I think we'll, I think we'll get to it. And I think we'll see it. And I think it'll be awesome. Yeah. Yep. So, just a little nugget, little news, little update there on on what we've been working on behind the scenes here. So. Absolutely. Okay, all right, let's jump into the reread. This week we are into Theon 5 of A Clash of Kings. Man, we are speeding right along here. Yep. Um, Theon Greyjoy is woken from a nightmare in which he is being chased by large wolves with the faces of children by his squire, Wex Pike, with Reek standing behind him. Reek informs Theon that Asha has arrived. As Theon prepares to see his sister, he thinks back about the nightmares he's been having lately. Ever since that night, he and Reek killed the two boys at the mill. After washing his face, Theon dresses in rich clothing, only to realize that Asha cares more for blades. He changes again, this time dressing into felted black wool and ringmail. Lastly, he dons his crown. Theon has taken to using guards for his own safety, while his own men have become sullen and anxious following the murders of Gelmar, Agar, and uh, Ginyar. Although the three Ironborn had uh, been killed by Reek with Theon's permission to ensure they would not be able to reveal what happened at the mill that night they returned with the corpses of the children. Theon had felt the need to blame someone for their deaths. To that end, he had executed Farlan, going as far as to personally execute him like Eddard Stark would have done. The memory is a sour one, as it had taken him four difficult blows to sever Farlan's head after feeling sick about it. His men would prefer to leave Winterfell, a thought that makes Theon angry. He refuses to be driven from his own seat, being the Prince of Winterfell. He blames Asha, feeling she had taken uh, this long to respond to his commands on purpose. Reek, Urzen, and Krom escort Theon to the hall, where he finds Asha in the high seat of the Starks. Theon is dismayed to discover that Asha brought only 20 men. In turn, she scolds him for having killed Bran and Rickon Stark, and having mounted their heads upon Winterfell's gates. In memory of returning the body, the memory of returning the bodies to Winterfell is a sour one for Theon as well. He recalls forbidding Lewin from uh, sewing the heads back onto the bodies and placing them in the crypts of the Winterfell. Theon leads Asha to Eddard Stark's solar, where he tells her that Dagmar has lost the fight at Torren Square. Asha tells him she was not supposed to learn about it and informs him that Dagmar, uh, Dagmar is currently leading the survivors to the Stony Shore, making Theon, realizing, making Theon realize that she is better informed than he is. Theon is furious about the fact that Asha is planning on leaving only ten of her men behind. 
Uh, Leobald Tolhart has joined Sir Roger Cassell. Lord Wyman Manderley has sent a dozen barges upriver, and the Umbers are gathering beyond the last river. Asha compliments her brother for the clever way he took Winterfell, but tells him that the wise course of action would have been raising the castle and taking the two princesses' hostages back to Pike. Winterfell is too far from the sea, and every Northman is now his enemy. Uh, Theon counters her, telling her that he killed two of Eddard Stark's son to lay rest to the ghosts of their brothers. Asha tells um, him that Roderick might feel the need to avenge Eddard's sons and asks Theon to return with her to Deepwood Mott. When Theon refuses, Asha leaves telling him uh, he shall hold the castle for the remainder of his life which might not be very long. Mm. Asha departs the castle with um, her men, and Theon watches her go from atop the wall, where he is approached by Reek. Reek offers to find Theon 200 good men if Theon provides a horse and a bag of coin. He asks for Paula as a reward. Although Reek makes Theon uneasy, he does not dare kill the man, as he is uh, literate and cunning and could easily have left a hidden account of what they had done behind. Theon agrees to give him the girl if he can deliver 200 men, and Reek leaves the castle before the sun goes down. That night, Theon dreams about welcoming uh, the welcoming feast uh, Eddard Stark had thrown King Robert Baratheon when the king visited Winterfell. Although the feast is jolly at first, the room grows darker, and suddenly Theon finds himself dining with the dead. Robert's uh, guts are spilling out on the table from a great gash in his belly. Eddard Stark is headless. Uh, lining the benches below are corpses of men he knows. Jory Cassell, Fat Tom, Porther, Kane, Hullen, and the others who had gone south to King's Landing. Uh, Micken, Chael, Benefred Tallhart and his wild hares, the miller's wife, uh, Farlan, and the wildling Theon had killed to rescue Bran. There are also people who Theon has never met, including Rickard, Lyanna, and Brandon Stark. Then Rob Stark enters the doors with Greywind behind him, both from uh, both of them bleeding from half a hundred savage wounds, which is interesting, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Theon wakes screaming, and Wex and his guards fetch Lewin, but Theon does not dare drink uh, the sleeping drought that the maester leaves him. Instead, he summons Kyra and hooks up with her, uh-huh. uh, but even then cannot help him sleep again. Uh, and she leaves sobbing of pain. At dawn, Theon goes outside, seeing everything belonging to the Starks uh, around him. He thinks to himself he should have gone with Asha. In silence, he looks at the heads mounted atop the iron spikes of the gatehouse, reflecting on what fools people could be. Although everyone has accepted his story, the heads on the wall actually belong to the Miller's sons. Uh, who had been of age and coloring with the two missing Starks. With their faces flayed, no one had been able to tell the difference. Theon never found Bran and Rickon. Well, you know, another uh, another example of Greyjoy's just not having a plan. Not having a plan <laughs> at all. Like, it's... I, you know, it's it's unfortunate. Asha's right in that he should have just taken them right away, but he wanted this glory... He, and you kind of get why he wants to come up here. It, you know, he was a prisoner. He was, uh, it was, it was Eddard Stark's ward, and so he wants to shove it in everyone's face. Like, ha, look now. Even though, in like, like, even though he was treated well and all, all, all of that, there's still something inside you that says, like, you know, I'm not fully. Even though I'm appreciated by the Starks and Rob is, is, you know, I'm in his service and he has me as one of his closest friends and stuff like that. It wasn't enough. Uh, and he always felt kind of under the foot of the Starks. And so now it's a chance to kind of like push this and put them back on their place and to try to win um, some standing with his father. And it's just it's just foolish. And Asha is right. She, that, that line where she does say that, you know, he'll keep this castle. Uh, he'll keep this as long as his, his life. Like at the end of this, once this is done and over, once it's taken from him, Roderick Cassell and all those guys come up and um, we'll have... Uh, uh, Roll Reek goes off and gets his host and comes back with his men. It Theon does die, you know he does he does die in a sense, and he will become he will become Reek later on. So Reek. his yeah his life as as we know it right now will end for a time, and yeah. Um, but it's just kind of it's kind of messed up too. The whole bit with Farlin as well. So Farlin and Paula, uh, Farlin is the kennel master. Right, and they do they do a good job of of the show showing like um, 
Ramsey's obsessed with dogs and his hunting hounds and things like that. And so Farland is killed off there. And then it's Paula who he wants. Uh, yeah, she's held captive at the, at the dread fort for a while. But uh, yeah, so that's his, that's his little obsession as he goes up to kind of grab some troops, right? Matt, he's, he's pretending to kind of like, well, I'll go get you men. I just want this girl. Uh, and it's, it's too simple. Theon, again, is stupid enough to let this guy go. The guy who knows what happened, by the way, like the guy who actually knows that it was the Miller's sons, the one you killed your own men to keep them quiet, but you let this guy named Reek go out of desperation. And he's the guy with the secret. It's just, it, he thought he knew him and he was, he totally gets played there. And Theon's just a fool. Yeah. He is. You know, it's uh, interesting here. I'm looking at the the past. I like to use the reread Reddit uh, just to kind of see, like, because I've brought mm -hmm. this up before because it's spaced out over time, right? <clears throat> so this is like six years ago. So this is when Game of Thrones is going on. And then they have another one from before the show even started. So it's just really interesting to kind of kind of go through this um, and see and see some of the things that people um, were saying, right? Um. Uh, so... You know, one of them is, is here. Uh, one of the, one of the quotes is um, talking about how he's like Theon looks at himself like everyone else is stupid, right? Like he, if you look at if you look at the way he refers to people, um, he'll call them like simple minded. So he like he has this sort of like I'm better mm -hmm. than everyone kind of a thing. Um, there's a quote here. He says, you know, when he's talking about what they did that was wrong, and you know, he says he says they brought their fates on themselves. And then uh, Asha uh, responds, as we all, as do we all, little brother, right? Like she always is then sort of like pushing back on him and mm -hmm. showing him, no, you're not. You know, when he's like riding with her and he's thinking all this stuff, it's always like she's, she is always one step ahead of him. Um, yeah. Which I think, I, I, I think I appreciate a little bit more about their relationship as it will grow, right? Because I think even she grows as a character. Um, and I think she even begins to see, um, like when Theon gets captured, is when her shift kind of changes, uh, in seeing that you know my dad is kind of a joke, right? I think she even begins to see that because you know like the he's no son of mine type of a thing, right? Um, yeah. Like do you remember that that yeah. scene? Yeah, yeah, in the yeah. show and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and then obviously Euron is is gonna is gonna pose a pose a threat to her and and stuff like that and she's gonna we're gonna see her go to try to save Reek save Theon um so so that's interesting and I'm I am she's a character whose fate I think in the books will be I think it'll play out the same I think she'll probably live like she does in the show um, but I'm really interested to see how it unfolds going forward like what how is it gonna go is it gonna go um similar because theon is i think is a character we look if you're trying to look forward into the show we see him just die right by the by the night king which who who knows if we're going to get anywhere close to mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. um but i think for theon the, the kind of cool stuff that happens in the show is he you know where he's at right now in the books at the end dance of dragons he does flee mm -hmm. which he did in the show it was with Sansa here in, in the books. It's, it's Jane Poole. And then that's kind of it. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. So I think it is likely he is probably going to run into John at some point, and they're going to have a conversation mm -hmm. uh, in which John will, in his own way, kind of forgive him or you know whatever or you have to you have to deal with that yeah um 
yeah, kind of kind of a thing. Um, but then I really liked him in the show when he he Yara gets taken right by Euron, remember? And he's he's like in the water and he's scared, and then he goes yeah. back and saves her. Yeah, yeah. Like the daggers in the wall. It's like very you know it's very piratey. It's kind of cool. Right, right. I that is like, cool. I think I think I think we I I think we could get somewhere with with Theon. Yeah, now, he so, might die. He might die. It looks like in Winter Winter he might die because he's gonna be from true. Stannis might kill him. Might kill him. Yeah, but so just when you think about his his overall arc, um, and you compare it with Asha, Asha was whether she's uh, brought up this way or whatever, she's brought up by parents or a group of people who care more about her having a realistic view and being well trained and well informed, and and um, her education is is better is good. Theon, I don't. He's just kind of watching, like he's not a priority for Eddard Stark. Eddard Stark is not trying to instill values and knowledge really in him like he is Rob and his other sons. So Theon is kind of, the reason I think why he has this uh, idea that he knows so much and he, he's built this up in his mind that he is worth something and that he's, he's smart and he knows what to do. And it's really life has got to beat him down and show him, you know nothing, a lot like Jon Snow. And that he has to through yeah. this experience is he'll 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 grow. I think Asha wants to. I think she looks at her brother and thinks, "I wish he were like that." But Dad's right; he has not been. Uh, you know, he's he's become more of a wolf than he has. Uh, you know, one of the Ironborn. So, yeah. But I'd be cool to see all that happen. Who's fault's that? In the book, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's his father's. Yeah. So. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Um. Uh, another another things. Uh, another another few points I've kind of got here. Um. Do you find it strange that Theon has kind of a green dream? I was just about to bring that up with you. Isn't that interesting? What's going on? There's a connection between yeah. him and the and the Weirwood, or or like, um, you know, green sight or something. I mean, that's. That's something, right? I mean, I think it's possible for everyone to have that kind of a dream, right? I think I think it's possible, but I think it's it's just it's it's kind of it's kind of intriguing. It's kind of, it's kind of it's kind of interesting that he has one. Um, now, most of what he dreams is stuff that's happened in the past, and he's just kind of interpreting it. Um, <clears throat> but then it's it's Rob that walks in that gets stabbed wounds, and that's and Grey Wind, right? That has stab wounds. Uh-huh. And that is what's gonna happen in the next book with, you know, everyone's least favorite part of the entire series, the, the Red Wedding. <clears throat> okay, here we go. So yes, this is yeah, um let me just read this real quick. So folks have some context to this. King Robert sat with his guts spilling out on the table from the great gash in his belly, and Lord Eddard was headless beside him. Corpses lined the benches below, uh gray brown flesh. Uh, coming off of their bones as they raise their cups to toast. Worms crawling in and out of the holes that were their eyes. We know there's a lot of symbol with worms crawling in and out of people's eye sockets. Like, go look at, uh, you know, there's, there's several people. Uh, he knew, let's see, he knew them, everyone. As you said, Jory Cassell, Fat Tom, so on. Uh, and all the others who had ridden south to King's Landing, never to return. Micken... Uh, set uh, and and Chael set together one dripping blood the other water Benford Tallhart and his wild hairs filled most of a table the miller's wife was there Farlin even the wildling Theon had killed to save Bran but there were others with faces he he had never known in life faces he had only seen in stone slim a you know sad girl who wore a crown of pale blue roses uh, her brother Brandon stood beside her and their father, Lord Rickard, just behind. Along the walls, figures half seen moved through the shadows, pale, pale shades with long, grim faces. The sight of them sent fear uh, shivering through Theon sharp as a knife. And then the tall doors opened with a, cr- uh, with a crash and a freezing gale blew down the hall. Rob came walking out of the night. Grey wind stalked behind him, eyes burning. And man and wolf alike bled from half a hundred savage wounds. Theon woke screaming, and there's Wex down at the bed, ran naked out of the room. And so there's just a lot. I wanted to see all the different people who are mentioned and a lot of the Starks. He's not really dreaming. If you look at the people, they're all Winterfell people. 
he is in with Eddard. He's in Eddard Stark's old old room, and is that is that bed made out of weirwood? Is he sleeping in a weirwood bed? Uh, is he? Uh, it's it's just interesting that right at the end, the last thing seems to be a predictor of things to come. Uh, it's as if he saw things that have already happened, and he saw symbols around each of the individuals and how they were killed and other people who were around them. So, and then he sees his good friend come in there with that blowing wind, that crashing wind, that uh, freezing gale that blew down the hall, and Rob came walking out of the night. He came walking out of the night. Gray wind stalked behind him, eyes burning, and they both were bleeding from half a hundred savage wounds. That's just too much, you know? It's just not some... Yes. Yeah. I'm trying to... I'm trying to look here to see because, you know, I think the more we think the green dreams themselves seem to be something to do with like that sort of the neck, right? Going into the north and the riverlands. Remember, it seems like it seems like the majority of people who have green dreams are tied somewhat to that sort of region. So I was looking at Theon's mom's side to see I was trying, like, who is she? I always forget. House Harlaw, right? It's just another Iron Island house. Mm -hmm. um, their sigil is a silver scythe on a black field. Um, to see if there's anything, anything from that, but not really. I can't. I can't. I can't find any sort of like Riverland tie-in there. To see if maybe that would be it. So it might just be sort of as you said, right? It's the majority of people he's dreaming about have already died. Um, it's only the Rob one that's kind of interesting. And maybe he thinks he stabbed Robin Greywind in the back by taking Winterfell. He could just feel guilty about it. Okay. Uh, this is why I, this is why we love going to Reddit and we love looking at these rereads sometimes because you find something that you just missed. I just read it to all of you, and I just missed a detail that is huge. So there were others with faces. There were others with faces he had never known in life. Faces he had seen only in stone. The slim, sad girl who wore a crown of pale blue roses and a white gown uh, spattered with gore could only be Liana. A white wedding gown or, you know, like, like it's a white gown. People are kind of in, like, like taking, is that an extra? Because we're always trying to figure out more about Liana and what actually happened. You know, did... She's wearing a white gown that's spattered with gore. Um, could only be Liana. So it explains more about her her death, I guess. But yeah, just kind of a cool little mention there. Like, how does how does that detail seep into his dream? It's a sight of, of some kind, right? Like if you're gonna dream about that girl and he's only seen her in stone, and now he's dreaming about I mean, maybe he's heard stories, maybe there's more more of that going on. Like we don't hear a lot of other characters talk about Liana. So maybe he was around and he heard some of the rumors and theories and thoughts, and maybe Eddard Stark was in his cups one night and said something. But yeah, I thought that was interesting. Yeah, that is that that no that 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 is that is interesting. Uh why would he yeah, why would he dream of her when he he like remember he didn't really go down to the crypts to search for them when they were hanging out down there. Yeah, it's a, it said so that it's he's not like, it's not like he, it's not like he's been down there hanging out. Mm -hmm. The only the, the the way it's it's uh this is his point of view and we're getting some of just this dream is being told to us. We're getting to we we the we the reader are getting to look in and see some of his dream that's happening and he's actually seeing Liana a face that he should not be able to see or know. And he actually only speculates. He just he said that could only be Liana. It could be somebody else. He's assuming it look that face looks a lot like the face I've seen in stone. Uh, but he thinks it must be her with the, with the blue roses and the, and the crown and all that kind of stuff. So, and he's really just seeing symbols around them. He's not act, like Eddard Stark has his head kind of, you know, there's there's evidence that his head is missing and, and things like that. It's not like he's seeing them. They're ghosts, essentially, that, that have showed up in his dreams. They're haunting his dreams, you know. Yeah, because we know Rob is, is not walking around with half a dozen. He's seeing something to come and he's seen things in the past or symbols around them, whatever it might be. Some type of sight. Some type of sight. Mm-hmm. 
Let me look this up really quick. Give me one second. Right, here. I, I sense that Sir Matt is on a trail and that he is trying to I'm track down. To, I think I'm. I think I'm on to something. I'm trying to find because I. I well, may. I may have a connection here. I may have a pretty interesting connection. That's here. fine. That's fine. You go on with that. I want to something you said just a second ago, which was uh, uh, green site and talking about. Nope. Oh, no connection. That's close. Balon Greyjoy's. Balon Greyjoy's dad married like three different women. One of them is Lady Stone Tree. What? It's he's his mom is not Lady Stone Tree. Yeah, Stone Tree is their sigil is a gray tree on a black. Wow, thing. it looks an awful lot like a weirwood. So I was like, right, oh, right. that could be that. That could be the the sort of blood connection. But oh, that's gonna cool. doesn't look like that was the case. That that's actually <laughs> that's interesting. Uh, so, no, so Balon's Balon's grandmother, or Balon's mother, is from House Sunderly of Saltcliffe. Mm-hmm. So weird. All these Iron Island houses are so weird because you you we never hear about them, right? They get they get mentioned one time and like and that's it. They have they have like no interaction because we don't ever really spend any time on on the Iron Islands. Yeah, yeah, good point. Guess okay. Here, are you ready for this? People, I'm telling you, man, the detail that you can go into on these dreams, you can you can look at them from all sorts of different angles. There is a the Starks that are not mentioned, right? So he sees so Theon sees all of the dead Starks and those who will be dead, or like or like Rob and stuff like that. He does not mention like he sees Eddard and he sees his brother Brandon. What about their other brother, Benjen? Why wasn't he in the dream? Yeah, if he's dead, that maybe is maybe because he's not yeah, dead. That's interesting, right? There's there's a hint yeah. that he's not. That's a good dead. point. I love this kind of stuff, man, because that's the kind of thing that it's it's George hinting that. Well, I, mean, I listed all the dead Starks there, except for the ones you know. You're speculating about Benjamin. Guess what? I'm not going to put him in there. Now, is it just is it just a dream, uh, or or is there another layer, another level to it? So we the other thing, too, is you take the connections from the show with Theon speaking to the Weirwood, and we know, like, Theon's getting his name back, and certain things are happening to him around, like, why he's there with Stannis, and he's in captivity. He is coming back to himself, and it is, there will be a purpose. There will be something he has to do, sacrifice he has to make or whatever, but I think he's getting closer and closer to the gods or someone using him or someone getting into his dreams or him having his own uh, sight of some kind. So remember the Targaryens, the dragon dreams, those weren't always, they're symbolic, they're symbols, they're, they come true in a way, uh, they might not be exactly what we think they're going to be or what the, what the dreamer believes them to be, but they're close. Well, it's not, it, nothing said yet, but theoretically, a lot of the Harlow, so you can trace the, the Greyjoy family line back quite a bit. Um, the Harlaw, which would be his mom's side, right? Theon's uh-huh. mom's side. Um, I mean, it looks like everyone's just marrying everyone on the Iron Islands. And if the Stone Tree family is there, their sigil looks an awful... Look up House Stone Tree <clears throat> and tell me what you think their sigil looks like. Because it looks an awful lot like a weirwood. And I'm sure there, I'm sure there are weirwoods on the Iron Islands. Or like one or two. Or there were at some point. Yeah, let's see. Oh, heck yeah. That's actually pretty sick. Yeah, that's actually really cool. It's missing the face. Uh, yeah, bare stone tree, gray on black. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, just a little kind of little kind of nod to either they either yes. Yeah. I don't know. But it does look a lot like it. I get it. I get it. Hmm. I'm just saying it's possible. I like it, man. I really do. Yeah, there's something going on. We want your guys' thoughts on that. Like, like, is there more to those dreams? I haven't really looked at Theon as someone who has that type of uh, sight. They are people who I'm looking who say that, oh, I always mispronounce the name Sh- Shale, uh, who was mentioned in this dream as being mm-hmm. dead. I think Jojen also said that as well, saw that in his green dream. So that's interesting. Uh Little, little, like almost like a connection to uh, Green Sight. So by connecting him to Jojen. Yeah. Yeah. Now, another character we have that shows up here is Kyra, right? 
her story, man, it just it is sad. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Kyra, she's she's a girl Theon hooks up with there and then then Ramsey feeds her, right? To the yeah. to the dogs, hunts. Yeah, it's not yeah. He's he's messed up. The whole it, things get disturbing with um with Theon and Kyra and anybody associated with Reek or yeah, it's it's not good. Not good stuff. I don't know if he's trying to like impress his father. If he's just that messed up, you messed. You know, Ramsey is he that messed up, or, or, or what? What the deal is? You know. Now, one of the interesting things though is that he then gives Theon does give a name, Kyra, to one of his to the pup to a pup, right from one of his hounds next litter. Which, if the if Ramsey, excuse me, if Ramsey's arc goes the same, right. As it is, it does is or somewhat similar as it does in the show. Remember, Sansa feeds him to his dogs. Mm-hmm. It would be sort of poetic justice if one of the dog, the one of the dogs that kills him was this pup, Kyra. Oh wow, that's a yeah. I didn't even didn't even remember he did that. Huh. That's cool. Yeah, that would be that would be kind of funny if he's if he's ate by Kyra. <laughs> right. It's sort of like a. In a way, I get I somewhat, you know, for for George R. R. Martin, right? That's kind of oh, you know, like, as he's writing these like extremely brutal scenes, right? Like the Red Wedding, and he's like, "Well, look how poetic it is." It's like, Jesus how like, does he? I yeah. don't know, man. Some of these scenes he's writing, they're just so brutal. It's just oh, well, and also all of this is just so detailed that you're just like, how does he remember to come back and include some of these things? I I can see why he would forget characters and just let them go off to certain places and then, yeah, I'm just going to leave them there and might bring them back in, but maybe not, you know, it's just, it's just so wild. So, yeah. Yeah. So much of this, so much of this chapter really, it's just, there's a lot of foreshadowing, um, you know, looking at just some of this other stuff too. I mean, the Rob thing, that's obviously, that's obviously huge. A lot of people say this is, uh, a lot of people are saying this is a chapter where Theon's, this is a ter- big ter- turning point for Theon where it's almost he realizes he's beginning because he th- says, I should have went with Asha. I think he's beginning to realize like, uh-oh, I'm in trouble. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Hear me out on this. Um, this is crazy. We might have to table this and do a like, like a musing or something. So... There are people, and I love looking this up, people who are connecting the types of Winterfell dreams with the stone kind of, uh, the, the kings of winter, to John and Danny and Theon, and connecting sort of their, uh, they, they say that this is one half to another dream, and that there are other, other characters who are dreaming about something similar in the crypts of Winterfell and the dead of Winterfell. So yeah, I I just found something. I think I'll 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 save it for, uh, or maybe you know just just amusing okay. or something later on. But looks good. Is it is it is it is it from the reread Reddit? Because I have a really good I have a really good quote here. I'll, I'll pull up and then we can kind of. No, give it to me. What do you got? Um. So this this post was from ASOI, the Song of Ice and Fire hats uh, is, is, is the person here um this is an older one i think this is like their second read through he's yeah so talking this is another another interesting interesting point here i didn't necessarily pull this this away from it um he's talking about like uh the fact that when theon kills um uh his friend right uh, uh farlan excuse me mm-hmm. uh he talks about like how kind of hard it was and it's and it's harder for theon because he's also he also knew the man right so it's like so Ned Stark had never needed more than a single blow to take a man's head. Um, you know, at first I I I preferred uh, this person saying he preferred the show version here where Theon beheads Sir Roderick instead of Sir Farlan. He said, uh, but now he's saying I'm reconsidering. Sir Roderick being beheaded had a greater emotional impact, uh, but I imagine Theon would have been closer with Farlan um, since he, they enjoyed hunting so much, right? Now. Um, you know, Theon has a rougher time doing it, right? But again, Ned is also using Valyrian steel uh, when he beheads. Yeah. Um, uh, what's his name? The guy who escaped. Uh, I'm, I'm blanking on it. Oh, the Night's Watcher, like first chapter. Gerald. Yeah, or... Gerald. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Gerald. Yeah, yeah. The Night's the Night's Watchman. Yeah, who 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 escapes? 
Um, so anyway, that I just I'm pulling I pull that out, and I was thinking that is that is kind of interesting too, right? To to kind of to kind of think about that that yeah, Theon. Theon, here we, here we go again. Theon just killed possibly his own kids by killing the miller's wife, who he kind of liked, right? He's, oh, we went a time or two. Killed the sons, who he was beginning to feel bad about. And now he's killing Farlin, right? Maester Lewin's dying. I mean, all this stuff. This is the decisions you make, right? Yeah. And now he's thinking, now he's seeing all of his, he's seeing all of his family and friends die in this dream, Right with Rob and and all of these people who have died because of everything that's happening, um, and really what's left is the ends all alone. I think he's beginning to see himself as as all alone because now Asha's leaving. Rob might die in his own dream. Uh, Ned and all all of these people who at least he was family with gone. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's it, yeah. The choices you make, it, they're they're important. It's significant, and yeah, it's 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 a lot. One more thing, one more thing before we move um, beyond this and get to our Raven. The I'm just gonna read just for an intriguing plug to come over to Patreon and listen to us right after while the mics are hot. We will talk more about this. I'm, I'm gonna show something to Sir Matt that's probably gonna blow his mind because uh, it's blowing mind as 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 I'm as I'm reading it here, and I'll give you one tidbit. Sam says at one point. That the, uh, let me read it to you guys exactly here. So Sam had this thought. The living have no place at the feast of the dead. Uh, John says that he only dreams about the crypts of Winterfell and the feast that's there. And Rob is described as coming to this feast. You know, mm -hmm. uh, and so you're driving towards a, a feast for crows. <laughs> You know, like right. all of this stuff. So there, the the this person is proposing that all of these dreams about the feast at Winterfell is connected. And I'll I'll, I'll we'll do a, I'll, I'll just give credit here later on, and I'll go back and we'll do a full read of this because it's actually pretty sick as as I'm looking at it. But anyways, yeah, just some of our spitballing around the Theon uh, dream situation here. Absolutely. Um, okay. All right. Hey, that's good. And then we can talk. We can we can dive further into your thing. Um, We'll do an extended edition. Yeah. So, okay. Uh, here we go. Let's move over to Send a Raven. So a little shift of gears here. So um, I just pulled this uh, from some comments from our one of our YouTube videos. We were talking about Alicent Hightower. Um, and so this is just uh, we're talking a little bit about House of the Dragons here. So uh, I posted the video. He said, um, this is from Maraxis Targaryen saying, I really want to know more about Alicent. I think the whole Dance of the Dragons is Viserys' fault. Man, he should have learned from the old king, Jaehaerys, uh, who knew that the lords weren't going to willingly follow a woman in the throne. So he summoned the Great Council. They settled the matter. Viserys should have done the same thing when Aegon was born. I'm sure Rhaenyra is going to have a bit of Cersei in her, too. Um, followed by uh, Talia Valesquez um, uh, saying here, I think maybe Aegon and Rhaenys should have married, as Alicent suggested. The dance is Alicent's fault, since even Aegon II didn't want the throne until Alicent told him why he why it should be his. Alicent is an old school woman who gets what she wants and is willing to pay play dirty at others' expense. Well, she might have been. I mean, I hate to say this, and it's hinted at. This is not Sir Ezra just saying this. It's hinted at that she might have been playing dirty with the old king. Okay. So I'll go ahead and right. say it. I'll go ahead and say it. It seems like the Hightowers have been trying to maneuver themselves into positions of power, and they wanted this. So I really think, are there things the Targaryens could have done to avoid this? Yes. But the Hightowers were so forceful, and I really think maybe even why you see a decline in their power and influence is because they overplayed their hand here a bit. And even though they've got some of their, you know, some blood into in with the Targaryens and whatever ultimately it doesn't work out for them this this is a big play it's a big push that uh it's you know Damon Targaryen and and, and Rhaenyra and like that's you know like the bloodline as, as you look at like lineage what will continue on is that true Targaryen blood I I think it's more their ambition and them trying to play the Game of Thrones that that really propels this although yeah it, it like Viserys could have avoided this 
by calling a great council. That's a really good point. He could have he could have called a great council and said, "What do you guys think? I now have a son. Um, this happened before. My grandfather did this. He called a great council. I was chosen." And now the problem he has here is that you, you like you never know. You don't really know where life is going to take you. So he proclaims Rhaenyra to be uh, the heir. Like next up. I, you know, wait a bit, man. Like, I get why you want to have somebody in waiting, but things change. I don't know. I see you grinning over there. What's going on? As let me ask you a question here. Is the Targaryen motto, uh, we rule with whatever it is that the people want? We... We say, oh, the people will never respect a woman, so we'll just we'll just cater to their needs. Or do the Targaryens rule with fire and blood? I know. Okay. I know. Yeah. Yep. The the reason the Targaryens get to power isn't because, oh, hey, we're Valyrians and we have great laws and great ideas. No, they rule because they have dragons and no one could stop them. Yeah. Viserys could have said, Rhaenyra is the heir, deal with it, and everyone would have had to. They would have. Yeah, you're right. Megor the Cruel. Megor the Cruel was not the rightful heir. And that didn't stop yeah. him. No, it did not. <laughs> yeah, that, it, did, that didn't that did that didn't stop him. No, it didn't. And also look look at what so Aegon went during his conquest. He has all sorts of issues with Old Town and and with um the faith of the seven, right? I mean, their customs, incestual marriage and things like that, and having more than one wife, that's totally against what's allowed, but well, I guess we'll make an. He's got dragons. I guess we'll make an exception. So right. yeah, it's like exactly. Yeah, I mean, they could have. Pre- th- yeah, they need to just rule with fire and blood, and instead, this kind of maneuvering, the politics get in the way, and they end up fighting themselves. That's literally what the rest of the seven king to get rid of Targaryens. This is like the only way. If you're if you're crafting this up, like how do you get rid of somebody who's so over? Well, they fight themselves. They're so overpowering. They have to fight themselves and eat themselves alive until you get to a point where the maesters can kind of, you know, maybe kill off a few dragons if that's true. Yeah. I mean, Hey, we're Danny's going to take the throne probably. And, uh, it, she does in the show. Danny takes the throne. How through fire and blood be a dragon. Yeah. I'm all Cersei for it. takes it by force. Cersei takes it by force. Deal with it. Yeah. I mean, it's just, yeah. I mean, it's just, it's just, it's just how it is. I think, you know, if Rhaenyra gets in there and she's a good leader, I don't think anybody, I think people are going to be like, okay, I mean, you're going to have people, but you look at other places in the seven kingdoms, there's tons of places where women rule and people view it. Okay. Nobody criticizes Bear Island for Mage Mormont. They're all like, she's a boss. Uh, she's a real deal. Yeah, yeah, right. right exactly. so. Well, and then, and then Dorne too, Dorne does this as well. They basically say that's what, you know, Marcella Baratheon, the whole thing is, nope, she's next up. And by their laws, when she's in Dorne, she is who we acknowledge as the heir to the to, to, to the throne. Uh, and they're trying to use right. that as a thing. So during this time, Dorne, uh, even though they're not really friendly right now, they're not necessarily part of this, right. they support it. And you could even, and they do queen regents all the time. You could say queen regent. I mean, you can rule. And I mean, yeah. that's what Cersei does when Robert dies, queen regent. And then you can guide sort of Joffrey along, you know, along. I mean, you could even do something like that. I think Rhaenyra should be allowed to rule in the first place. Because uh, for starters, I think she's just better than Alice at Hightower. I think she's a, she seems more cunning. She seems uh, like she actually would be a better ruler um, than Alice at Hightower. But hey, they don't want women to do it. Well, then you get this bloody civil war because of it. Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. Yeah, exactly. They they had the power to do it, and it's just like over the years, the old king becomes so old, and they get so used to. It's almost like they settled. They forgot what Aegon the Conqueror did. And they said, yeah, we need to blend in here. And for our preservation, we, uh, yeah, in a weird way, like they forgot they had dragons. They forgot that they had the ultimate like ace. And they, <laughs> yeah. They, yeah, they didn't need to, they didn't need to call a great council, but they wanted, to, I guess he thought that's, that's what's going to further, you know, make people feel like, okay, we actually have a seat at the table with the Targaryens. You feel like, so you kind of understand what, why, why, why they do it, but the nature, I mean, what Danny's told the whole time to remember that she is the dragon and to, and to call forth that nature. So, yeah. yeah. And it's actually, it actually, it's, I mean, this is more of a bigger catalyst to the beginning of the fall of house Targaryen than anything else. 
yep. right? Because after this, Egg on the Third is like we're getting rid of dragons, uh, probably because his mom was eaten by one, right? Uh, and then you get to the then you get to Egg on the Fourth and the Blackfire Rebellion, and now there are no dragons, and it's just people killing each other. And there, everyone, everyone, everyone doesn't even want the rightful ruler; they want Damon Blackfire because they think he's <laughs> he's the real deal. Right, yeah. I and mean, they yeah. they go with him. So S- sounds like we so need democracy I mean, I mean, up in there, man. Get the get the vote. Go, get to the ballot box, baby. <laughs> I don't know about all that. I don't know about all that. Uh, do you think that's team. how it's going to end? Do you think? Do you think it's going to end like that? We've elected like Bran King gets Bran. Chosen, chosen <laughs> to become king. I mean, I'm not. I'm not saying Bran won't be king, but do you think he's going to be chosen by a council? I think absolutely, and it's going to be like a democracy. Yep, hinting at it. Yep. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. And it's basically who has the best story. Okay. Let's pitch. Everybody pitch their story, and you know, right. Cast your votes. So. Okay. All right. Well, we shall see. So, all right, guys. Hey, with that, uh, we want to thank you for playing the Game of Thrones. In our next episode, we will be discussing chapter 57, Sansa in A Clash of Kings. Absolutely. If you like our podcast, don't forget to subscribe, like us, write a review, leave a comment, or send us a raven at btkcast at gmail.com. We will see you in a week, and remember that winter is coming. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.